Anthony, do you like do you like my new shirt? Sure, man. It's cool. It could have been better. What was that? I said it could have been better. You want to fight about yeah, it? Yeah, I do. Let's go, chump. Ah! <laughs> Hold on a second. We don't need the fight. We don't? All you need to do is go to 86.com and choose from one of their many designs. Franchises range from Skullgirls to Street Fighter and even Blaze Blue. And if you check out 86 through this Twitch channel, use 86.com slash question mark AFF equals four to let them know that Mission Star Podcast sent you. Everybody, it is that time. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Mission Star Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Bianas, as always, with me uh, to talk about all the gaming news in the past week. And uh, does not need the permission of Sony to crossplay with me in this podcast. It is Greg Dietz. Thank God, because I uh, there's a joke there about. The P and PlayStation meaning penis, but I can't <laughs> find it. Right. I was uh, trying to find some sort of correlation to you being here in Sony, but yeah, I tried. Man, I don't need that fucking, by the way, I don't need that stage light if I'm using this camera. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Very true. Um, but uh, yeah, we're going to talk about some game news and, uh, and, and there's been some, definitely it's been some pretty big stuff in the past week uh, and I was going through the news stories and I feel like the first topic honestly is just like me venting but like for a good reason um, so think of it as kind of you're wrong but not really uh, and I'll explain okay. I'll explain here in a second so let's like go ahead and make that video oh, okay boom oh that's the wrong video Oh, no, it is. No, it's the right one. Oh, I'm, I'm right. I'm right. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So, first topic of the night. This is a report off of Kotaku.com written by Jason Schreier. Activision Blizzard lays off hundreds of employees. Publisher Activision Blizzard has begun its long-rumored layout process informing employees this afternoon that it will be cutting staff. On an earnings call this afternoon, the company said that it will be eliminating 8% of its staff. In 2018, Activision Blizzard has roughly 9,600 employees, which would mean nearly 800 people are now out of work. This afternoon, the mega publisher began notifying those who are being laid off across its very organizations, which include Activision Blizzard and King. On the earnings call, uh, Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick told investors that the company had, quote, once again achieved record results in 2018, unquote, but that the company would be cons- uh, Consolidating, ah, consol- can I talk? Damn it! <laughs> Basically, downsizing and restructuring because of missed expectations of 2018 and lower expectations for 2019. The company said that it would be cutting mainly non game development departments and bolstering its, its development staff for its franchise uh, like Call of Duty and Diablo. And the uh, article goes on to talk about the dealings of this, but I wanted to really just. I really want to talk about this because, first off, fuck Bobby Kotick. Uh, after after <laughs> after saying that Activision has made the best records in 2018, the same day that they were letting go 800 employees, fucking uh, is, is a dick move. And also, oh, yeah. and just in the face of you know, I, fuck you. So. You know, the the people that are out there who are unemployed right now, like there's actually there's an actual um, uh, a, a a Google Doc of companies that are hiring right now, and it's really cool. It's actually like people have put in information; they can find out where they can uh, get hired uh, and and try to find employment. But um, 
I just, I did not like the way that that went down with how this was put out there. And yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 crystal fucking clear that two things are happening at Activision slash Blizzard. Activision Blizzard, Active Blizzard, as you put it up there. Yeah. Um. They're not making enough money. Period. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be from this year's um, BlizzCon mm -hmm. that turned a lot of people off from certain things. Um. I, it could be it could be a number of things, but it's crystal clear they're not making enough money, which is why these layoffs happen. But what makes the whole situation worse is that the guy's name that you just gave mm -hmm. is like, oh, well, we're fine. We're good. He's trying to cover up the whole fucking layoff thing with certain numbers. It, the whole the whole situation is bad, man. I mean, yeah, yeah. some people pointed out like, okay, this is just, this is just business sort of thing because you'll see companies, major companies do this all the time where they lay off a huge portion of their user base or not user base but user uh, uh employee base um this is just like it's only eight percent of all their employees uh that eight percent is still a huge number by the way absolutely um, yes uh, a lot of people have been kind of not necessarily defending but puts putting a less less awful twist on it and you can't really put a, a, a an like a, a less awful twist on on 800 people losing their job just because yeah you can't you can't i mean it, it was it, you know somebody put it eloquently on twitter which was like i'm just saying nintendo ceos took a huge pay cut to not fire anybody mm -hmm. that was a water he said that he was gonna t he took a pay cut out of his salary so that no one would get fired at nintendo yeah um but as we've as we have stated before america runs way different than than japan it does and does and you know there were some things i saw on twitter that i think a, a friend of mine posted that you know sadly it's true but like he put out there like saying that you know you may be outraged or people are out there outraged justified because of what's happening over active blizzard um and the firing of these employees and at the same time saying it was the best record of Activision's uh, company of 2018 saying that if you're outraged and you know don't are you are you guys are, are you guys going to boycott you know Psychero and the other game I forgot he posted on there that's really popular he's like no, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys won't because that's at the end of the day like I, game gamers, I feel are I mean, gamers are fickle to begin with. But like, it's at the end of the day, like what what can you do as somebody who is outraged about this? Like what? Because again, because like you know, we had this conversation before with other games, with microtransactions, with like the other games that that have been. And then your 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 uh, answer to that was buy the game toward the developers, but just don't buy the microtransactions. What if the what if there's no microtransactions and it's just the game? And the, and the company decides it's doing this to its employees and you feel angry about that company, what do you do then? Do you not buy the game and then voice your opinion? Or do you buy the game and voice your opinion at the same time? It, well, like, like I've stated, Anthony, and this goes back to conversations we've had before, if you choose to not buy uh, um, a game developed by... Sorry, a game published by Activision to really stick it to them, you're really hurting the developer because the developer gets a much larger percentage of that cut. Activision gets like, I think it's 10 to 15% depending on the contract. Mm -hmm. So you're really not like Activision and Blizzard get a lot of their money, not from us, the, the, the consumers, they get their money from, um, uh, investors. That's where they get most of their money. Now, granted, you could argue that if I choose to not buy a game and a lot of us choose to not buy the game and the numbers are lower, then investors will pull their money out and then Activision will have less money. Sure, that is an argument you can absolutely have. But as I've stated before, at the end of the day, you're still hurting the people who are making the game. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think you want to do that. Is I don't it, think that's what any of us want to do. Yeah, it's a catch-22. 
Like it's damn. It's not deep. really a catch twenty two, Anthony. It's, I mean, it's... like I know what you're saying, but like you know, if 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 that is the case, then like I I guess I'll be fine buying a game from Activision, knowing that they've done stuff like this. I don't know. It's like it, it. I would be conflicted if I were to go and try to buy a game right now. There are other ways you can voice your opinion. If it upsets you that much, mm-hmm. you can absolutely voice your opinion in other ways, and the and the investors will hear it. But a lot of people choose not to, and they think that the world still runs in a very simplistic way. It doesn't. These these giant companies do not run in this very simple <laughs> consumer. Uh, um, uh, provider kind of deal like it doesn't work that way anymore it hasn't worked that way for damn near a hundred years maybe more um the way our economy works the way most of the world's economy works is if it's a giant company that's giving money to a smaller group of people to make a thing and then that thing is made and it upsets people then investors pull out a lot of people also think that the gaming world works like movies or TV. It doesn't. It has to, it has to work differently. When you go on Twitter and you go, what the fuck are you doing, Activision? This is bullshit. Investors see that, man. Like, you go to the forums. There's 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 places you can contact to let them know how you how you feel, how you, you are apprehensive to purchase anything that Blizzard uh, publishes, anything that Activision publishes. Going to the extent of saying, well, I really fucking like Diablo, but I'm not buying Diablo for the Switch because fuck them for Immortal. You're hurting the people that are developing Diablo 3 on the Switch. I really you're hurting the, I really hope you're right, honestly, because... I, dude, I've seen so many people who've worked for these companies put out the numbers of how much money goes to where. I mean, in terms of, like, investors listening and, like hearing what people are saying and what you know. oh dude dude when uh uh anthem vip demo came out mm-hmm. and you saw the backlash that caused 25 mm-hmm. percent investors pulled out of the a okay that's 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 good to know that's that's good to know because like you know i was gonna say you know, there's, a, there's decimal points to that i'm just rounding right, it up right because like one of the things i can easily say is like they could choose to to care or not to care and like sometimes they will not care like what people may think as long as they make the bottom the bottom line like they don't care how how bad it gets or they don't really care what the audience really thinks and they just kind of make the game as as is in, in an investor point of view so like I, I again it, that's that sounds good the fact that you know there are listening especially what you just said about um, anthem um, I hope that more investors and more people of higher ups listen because well, I, dude, I, I see the shit all the time. Like we've talked about on the podcast before where Nintendo does something, pisses off their fans, their fucking stock numbers go down. Uh, when they dude, and this, this kind of sucks, but when they, even on, even on a level of, of nice. So we both agreed that the way that Nintendo handled the, uh, Metroid Prime 3 information was good, right? Absolutely, yeah. Still dropped their stock numbers. Investors still pulled out. Mm. Yeah, so there's a lot of factors that go into this kind of stuff, but you have to keep in mind, purchasing a game does not benefit the the, the publisher like you think it does. You're helping the, the, the developer way the fuck more. So... It's like, it's like me working at a, like when I was working at AMPM, when I was working there, if somebody came in and bought candy or soda or something to that effect, you know, well, I don't like how Arco handles their business. So I don't want to give Arco or BP my money. Okay. Well, when you buy a soda, you're not helping Arco or BP. You're helping this AMPM. You're helping get my paychecks same thing duly noted duly noted moving on to our next topic at hand um this is in regards to sony who have been kind of putting a foot in their mouth recently um 
And uh, this was reported off of comicbook.com um, by Lidiana Rupert. Following Sony's statement that they are open to more crossplay, several devs are calling them out. Sony chairman Sean Layden recently sat down with the folks over at Game Informer to talk about crossplay and how the team was, quote, open for business, unquote, to work with developers to make this a reality on even more games. Though it sounded amazing to those that were hoping to play with their hands on an Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, it seems some developers are calling shenanigans on the chairman's original statement. For those that missed our previous coverage, Layden mentioned people keep saying, why doesn't Sony allow more people to have it? We're open for business on this one. All it takes is publishers and developers who wish to uh, wish to permission it. As ever, I uh, as ever, just work with your PlayStation account manager, and they will walk you through the steps that they that we learned through our partnership with Epic on how this works. I don't believe right now there is any uh, guiding factor on that. I think they're open to make proposals because uh, the Fortnite thing works pretty well. And then they got caught out later on when this statement was made um, by Wargroove, uh, Cuttlefish, saying that they made numerous requests. Um, High Risk Studios also was uh, out there saying that they were making requests as well to Sony and they were not getting um, the suggested help that Sean Layden is putting out there. Um, and so it's, it basically just makes Sean Layden look like a liar this, this entire time that he made this statement and devs are coming out and saying they're actually wrong about this. So, yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's not, not a good look, Sony. Sony's been saying, saying, saying some stuff recently that has made them not look good in, in this eye. And the, Sony knows it. The fact that, you know, there's, there's going to be... Crossplay is becoming much more of a thing. It's, it's definitely becoming the wave of the future of this next generation of, of, of gaming. Ever since it was introduced last year, uh, or the thought of it, especially with, with Rocket League, yeah. like he he says, like in, in in an interview, and I'll paraphrase, like you know, the the reason why like there wasn't a a simple switch to turn on crossplay is because there's other parameters that had to be done, and then like we have the team of Rocket League actually saying. We like an actual little, little switch. Like, hey, we can just turn this on right now, and they did. Uh, and it, when it happened, uh, there was crossplay with Rocket League between PS4 and Xbox One and other uh, and other consoles that were able to play against each other. So one person is, is not telling the truth versus the other. I'm believing the devs because I think I think there's I honestly think it's just all business. Um, uh, I think it, it's all business on Sony side. In terms of why they can't do it, or at least not as fast as these other consoles, and it's right now they're still being looked at as the odd man out. And whether they will hurt them in the long run, that will be interesting to see in the next coming years, because the narrative ha has been so far, Nintendo, Microsoft have been very consumer friendly for the past couple of years, especially Microsoft, who's been pushing for more consumer friendly programs uh the the consoles that are coming out are basically the same console but keeping them steady with what you know what options a consumer can get and what comes with those options so microsoft and nintendo have been building this narrative and sony has not been in recent on say year and a half maybe two years have not paying themselves in the, in the grace of pictures uh and maybe their downfall come next generation but We'll, we'll see. This is what their narrative is right now. So, yeah. Any any thoughts, Greg? I mean, it, we've been we've been down this road a thousand times. It's un like there is absolutely no reason that I've ever heard or seen by devs, by PlayStation, by anybody at PlayStation that says that cross-platform cannot work or that it just won't work. It's all bullshit. Every other fucking system has shown that it can work. Easily. PlayStation is just playing hardball. Because they're still playing in the mindset of the console wars. Absolutely. Yes. They're still in that mind. When, yeah, there's definitely in that mindset. Sorry, go on. Continue. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, I was gonna say, I know we're going to talk about it a little bit later. Kind of surprised I didn't see anything about the Xbox One on the Switch. During the Nintendo Direct. 
I totally expected it. That's true. That's very true, actually. Yeah. I, I, um, yeah. But maybe they're saving that for a different, maybe E3. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, which will also be part of the next topic. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, there is no, there's no reason other than they're, they're clutching their fucking pearls. That's all they're doing. They're keeping everything close to the chest. Don't yeah. know why I went with this region on references over our phrase, <laughs> our, uh, metaphors. Yeah, yeah. But they're, I mean, they are literally going no, no, yeah, no, because they because they still believe in and you know to some degree they are right like that the PS4 is the number one console of this generation, and that the fact that they believe that they are winning this console this current console war and that they are selling. Uh, PS4 is fine, games fine, the PS4, and just boasting that um, that ability to say that we're the best, we're number one. In actuality, is that that is changing quickly? Because um, nobody cares. Exactly. That's why it's that's why it's changing. Nobody gives a fuck if you're number one. Mm-hmm. People want games, and I've said it a thousand fucking times on this podcast. A game is only as good as its fucking console, and nine times out of ten, games aren't exclusive to consoles anymore. Great, you have God of War and, and, and Spider-Man. Good for you, Sony. Great. You know what I'd really like to do? Play Apex Legends with my friends on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And it, it, again, this is going to be the... This is what the, the next generation of games are going to be. This is the direction that, that the entire game industry is probably looking at. As more and more game devs look at this and find ways to crossplay, it's a benefit for them because then they can have a multi-platform um, uh, game, not platform, but a multi, yeah, multi-platform games where you know, like Wargroove can be on P- PS4, Xbox One, PC, what have you, and able to have the benefit of players playing each other and supporting the players who are playing the game and buying the game in various ways. Rather than being an exclusive to one console and only that console, which may gain you a certain amount of money versus how much more money you could get. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, exactly. Like, yes, you are 100% correct. So that's what fucking hurts my brain about this whole thing is I, I truly just do not understand why you wouldn't do this. It, there's there is absolutely no reason for for Sony to be so beholden to what they're doing. Yeah, and I and I think that I think one way or another they're going to have to realize that the way that the game industry is changing. If they don't adapt to it, then they're going to be one sitting sitting at one. If they they will look at themselves as sitting at last or sitting at the bottom of the barrel and behind the times. We we've talked about it before, but. Um... Because I feel like half the topics we talk about on the show, we... I know. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh... PC gaming is making a massive comeback. Uh, and, and, I mean, it has been for a long time now. Mm-hmm. But it's very clear now, and Microsoft's making moves on it. Nintendo's making moves on it. They know this. Absolutely. And they know that when you don't play ball in this industry, you get left behind. Yep. Microsoft learned that the fucking hard way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kicked that CEO out, got the new guy in, and the new guy was like, yeah, we got to make moves on this. We got to not be stupid about this. And they weren't stupid about it. Mm-hmm. So there's just... Speaking of new people, I just want to throw this in there before this topic ends. We can talk a little bit more about it in the next segment as well. They just hired a new CEO for Sony recently, and the name is Jim Ryan. Um, you may not know that name, but this is the man who said uh, back then, and I got some quotes here. Well, over mean when we dabbled with backwards ca- uh, uh, compatibility. I can say is one of those features that is much requested but not actually used much," said Ryan. That now was a, at a Gran Turismo event recently where they had a PS1, PS2, PS3, PS4 games, and the PS1, PS2 games looked ancient. Like, why would anybody play this? Uh, and then follow up, just another quote here. 
I'm gonna see. Actually, do I have several quotes? Okay. I'll, I'll talk more about this in the, in the next segment. But basically, Jim Ryan is the man who did not believe in um, in, in that uh, having emulators on, on, a, on a PlayStation or a console is worthwhile. Um, as well as, like, also knocking on Knack, too. <laughs> he said next, 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 that part, you know, is whatever, but... Yeah, they, I mean, again, part of them living in the, in the past is that they think that exclusives sell consoles. Mm-hmm. They don't. Yeah, yeah. So, um, speaking of more Sony stuff, um, do I have this set up for the next? I don't actually. Oops, hang on one second. Uh, where's my video? There it is. If any, not ready for prime time. <laughs> Live streaming. Nothing like it. Okay, so the next topic at hand this is reported off of thegamer.com. Uh, where Sony explains, Sony Head explains why PlayStation is skipping E3. It's written by Chris Littlechild. Littlechild. Um, let's go. Okay, so I'll read the first paragraph and get to the quote. Why isn't Sony attending this year's E3? Because they're giving us too many big games and they need a rest, apparently. At least that's what Sean Layden says, more or less. There's no doubt that E3 is one of the biggest events in the gaming calendar. The E3 uh, is where, or Electronic Entertainment Expo, is where developers and publishers gather to hawk their wares, wow us, or disappoint us. There's rarely any middle ground he- uh, there, and show just how far a nanosecond footage of Master Chief's advisor can go to get gamers hyped. Perhaps E3 is less of a force than it once it w- was in an age where everyone can just fire their trailers and footage at us any time through the magic of the internet. Nintendo has tended to opt out, uh, opt for the partner Nintendo Direct approach to the show, rather than making a big deal there in person. Meanwhile, Sony, a stalwart of the show that attended every E3 to date, all the way back to the very first May 1995, had made the controversial decision to sit E3 2019 out. And there's a quote I want to read specifically regarding this. Uh, here we go. With our decision, this is this is a quote from the uh, article of uh, Sean Lee saying this. With our decision to do fewer, bigger games over longer periods of time, we got to the point where June 2019 was not a time for us to have a new thing to say, and we feel like we have, uh, and we feel like if we ring the bell and the people show up and here in force, people will have expectations. Oh, they going to tell us something. Uh, with the internet and the fact that 24-7 there is game news, it's lost its impact around that. The trade show has become a trade show without a lot of trade activity. The world has changed, but E3 hasn't necessarily changed with it. We are progressing the conversation about how do we transform E3 to be more relevant. Can E3 transition more into a fan festival of gaming, where we don't gather there to drop the new bomb? Can it just be a celebration of games and have panels, where we bring game developers closer to fans? Um, those were the quote I wanted to read specifically, but he's what I would say like that's already exists, like PAX. That's kind of what PAX is. <laughs> um, this also tells me that Sony's making moves in the wrong direction. Well, that too, that too, that too. Um, it also tells me that if Sean Layden is saying. The reason why they are not going to E3 is because they don't have anything big or they, that if you go to E3 for a bit expectations, one, well, yeah, that's kind of the reason why E3 exists. Um, but uh, two, so if uh, Sony may not have anything at all for this year, if they're not intending E3, uh, then my, my guess, because my guess essentially the reason why they skip E3 is because they're going to uh, ramp up stuff for PSX and... Uh, really go hard on that and just say fuck you to E3 and the ESA um, but after reading that quote from Sean Layden from the interview he did it I want to say it could possibly be, be, be also mean that Sony just had nothing for 2019 in general which is crazy for me to say that but there were even talks of them saying like there may not be a P- PSX this year um, so yeah interesting stuff is it bold from Sony? Yeah. Will it pay off? I don't know. Time will tell 
in about a year or so or less than that as far as like how how this moves how these moves for Sony will work out for them and I'm, I'm not too sure if they have nothing um, that would be wild to see no, nothing from Sony and then for them for 2020 to come back. I mean, you could argue that they had nothing last year. Heyo! That's true. Buzzing. That's true. That's very true. The Sony co- press conference from uh, from last year was also very interesting as well. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they put everybody in like for one segment uh, of the E3 presentation. They put them all in like this this uh, small cabin esque room where they showed up the Last of Us trailer. And then they move everybody from there to the next building next door for the rest of the presentation. Um, yeah, it was some weird stuff Sony was doing. And for Sean Lane to kind of go out there and say, like, we basically have nothing for this year. Uh, that's why we're not there at E3, which tells me that, okay. That tells me that there's there's either, they're gearing up for PS5 full launch with games that we are excited for, or the fact that... They have literally nothing to really say about this year. Um, so, which will then look, which then in this time would, would make uh, Nintendo and Microsoft just, if, if not already, already uh, water at the mouth for taking that spotlight from Sony. Uh, so, yeah. we have to wait and see. But, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of what's going to happen is that uh, Nintendo uh, and, and Microsoft are going to start making a fuck ton of money. They're going to start making a lot of really smart moves and leaving Sony in the dust and Sony's going to have to come around to it. Yeah. I... I we'll see. I As far as, like, will this pay out for Sony? I don't know. Right now? No. So far from these quotes that they've been making recently... Have put a foot in their mouth. Um, it's not looking good for them right now, PR wise. Mm-hmm. Um, can they turn around? Absolutely. They've had a they, they had a fantastic uh, run at this generation with the PS4 and some pretty awesome games to, to boot. Um, but yeah, it, last year well, I mean, 2018 was a really solid year for the for the PlayStation 4. Absolutely. Is that good? Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I, right now that doesn't look like to be the case for the next generation, and so 2019 does not look like, like Ghost of Tsushima, and Days Gone. Ghost of Tsushima. Wait, what else? Is Days Ghost Gone? <laughs> Days, Dude, Gone, Days and... Gone is not going to be a hit. I know. I, 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 I know. call it right now. It is a zombie game, post zombie. Excitement. Yeah, I, I. It is not going to do well. Yeah, every time they show that game, I feel like no one just gives a damn about that game. Like, it, at one point, it was like being confused for Last of Us at some point, and. Uh, well, yeah. people also say like Last of Us Two is coming out this year, and I'm just like, okay. Like, not going to be the hit that Spider-Man and God of War were. Yeah, I promise you. Yeah. Like, it's a sequel. <laughs> Like, I'm excited for it. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited for Ghost of Tsushima. I want to check out the game. It's not going to be a 2018 year for them. Period. Absolutely. It's going to be a down year. That is for damn sure for uh, for Sony. But Like, I'm not saying that these two games are going to be bad. I'm just saying they're not going to be God of War and Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I also kind of wonder about the narrative, but the third parties, like, are they more inclined to, after what is being said, and just kind of the direction of Sony is going to? I wonder if if, if third-party companies are going to be more inclined to be with Microsoft and Nintendo at this point, rather than being with Sony. Because like, what can Sony offer that that Microsoft and Nintendo can't? Like I said before, crossplay is going to be a huge thing, and if they're not offering it, why go to Sony for that? When Microsoft and Nintendo are, so there's, yeah, so there's 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 things that they definitely need to be, that needs to be changed with Sony and the higher ups. Um, again, we have to wait and see how all this plays out, but give it, give it until I want to say when they showcase the PS5 and 
we'll see the excitement of or kind of room temperature of the room of what how people feel about Sony and how people feel about the PS5 and the next gen because if if they do not if for some if they do not feel it at all Sony is going to be in, in a world of hurt flat out I mean they already they already kind of are I mean <laughs> you look you look at the you look at the sales of the Switch you look at the sales of the Xbox and like Sure, when the systems had just come out, Sony was on top, but the other two are, are are so rapidly catching up that just it's people. Yes, again, they had a great year, two thousand eighteen, but it's becoming more and more a thing that people want to play games with other people. Absolutely, they have to change. Um, they have to change, or they're going to be behind behind the behind the times. So. Yep. All right, moving on to the next topic at hand, and uh, actually, actually, uh, did a live reaction. If you haven't seen that on our YouTube channel right now, um, but oh, you did? I did. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was a last I minute. That was a last minute thing. Like I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. So it wasn't anything planned or anything like that. I just kind of did it on my own. So, um, but yes, uh, the Nintendo Direct happened today. Um, and, uh, there were some games that were announced. Uh, yes. speaking of which, as you see on screen, Super Mario, Ma- Super Mario Maker 2 was announced. The very first game, uh, that was, uh, announced during the Direct. And man, that is huge. That game's to make so much money. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, here's the thing. I, uh, I mean, it will make money. And I don't think Nintendo will do... Like, they'll probably do paid DLC. I don't think they're going to do microtransactions. No, it's I was going to say that they, they could do microtransactions, but now that I think about it, that's not Nintendo's way. Yeah. So, no microtransactions. Mm-hmm. I, I, this is going to... Yeah, this is going to make a lot of money, in my opinion. That first one was great, and there was dedicated... Well, I'm buying it. Like, oh, yeah. full out. Like, it's, that, that's a no-brainer. I mean, look at the shit that they've added. I know, it's so good. good Lord. I love it. I kind of wonder what when they were plan to release it in June. I like, guess it gonna be after E three or during or before. That's my question. So what the Mario Maker two? Yeah. So when's E three? Uh, June. It's on June, like the second week of June. Um, okay. Yeah, like the eleventh to the thirteenth. I, I would say it might like, be it might be right after. I hope, because. <laughs> man, just see, just think about the journalists that are going to be at E three. It's like, oh man. Gotta do that and at the same time review uh, Mario Maker. It'd be crazy. Other games to note that was showcased during this direct. Um, <laughs> Fuck you, Valerio. About that. <laughs> he, uh, for anyone who can't, you know, for the listeners, he said in chat, he's like, it took all my restraint to, to uh, when you said I like cat suits to not make a joke. <laughs> Good one. Um. So, uh, other things to note, um, they had a small hint of Smash Brothers Ultimate. They like, another update's happening. Um, they showed, like, a few seconds of Joker, uh, 3D model, uh, during the trailer, but, like, they, that's all they showed. And then they said that there'd be some more information coming soon about Joker and Smash update 3.0 in April. So, just a, just a tease on that. Nothing really, nothing, nothing else out of that. Yeah, I don't know like exactly what's coming to that uh, that update, but yeah. Uh, Box Boy, Box, uh, Box Boy was shown off, um, as well as a like a uh, I guess in this edition you get to play as Box Girl, so you get to have play either or. It's a puzzle the, game. The game, yeah, the game is literally called Box Boy plus Box Box Girl. Yep, definitely. Because it's designed to be two player. Mm-hmm. Uh, next they showed up was Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, um, which is more it, 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 uh, more DLC coming, um, as well as a free co-op mode that you can play with, with a friend, uh, which is really cool. Uh, Captain Toad's a really good game. You guys should play it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I rented it and played it for a little bit. It was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, just to kind of show that it's coming. I'm... I like. I know it's weird because Marvel Ultimate Alliance Two was not great, um, and this game looks to be. I really hope it's a cheaper game. I hope it's like a maybe a forty dollar game, not a sixty dollar. Right, right. 
I hope so too. But I, I really want to play that one. Yep. Bloodstained Ritual Night was shown. Um, a bit more footage. I, that's honestly the first gameplay footage I've ever seen of it. Yes, they showed gameplay of it back then, but like, I, th yeah, this is the first time we saw it after they uh, had some help from WayForward um, making the game. So, uh, it's coming out this year. They have a release window, summer 2019. Lush says, says the Mario Maker 2 just went up on Amazon. Oh, wow. Year. Crazy. Okay, cool. That's nuts. I, mm, I'm going to get on it, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Blessed Day in Virtual Night, uh, it is coming out this summer 2019. They showed off some gameplay. It. I'm curious to see how that goes when it comes out. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic uh but we'll see we'll see on that tetris 99 is a battle royale <laughs> tetris game where it's you versus 99 other players uh no, in 98 98 other players oh, good point 98 other players that's right <laughs> and you were so, all right go ahead Greg. real yeah. quick real quick i want to i want to tell this story because i don't know what the fuck but um <laughs> yesterday at 1 30 but yesterday, as of this uh, recording, so we record this on Wednesdays, so this happened Tuesday, before the direct. Um, everyone in the chat, everyone, okay, so I used to stream for a group called Half Empty Entertainment, as you probably have heard me say before. And everyone was kind of talking about what they wanted to see in the direct. And I jokingly said, I want to see a Tetris game, dot, dot, dot. And then in all caps, Online 100 Man Battle Royale Tetris. Brian uh, Brian uh, uh, Belcher says, um, "You joke, but I'd I'd be down for that." And I was like, "Hey, man, truth and comedy. I I think it'd be fun." And everyone was kind of about talking about Tetris after that. So the second that was announced, everyone in the chat's like, "Greg, did you? Are you a fucking fortune seer? Like, what's happening here?" <laughs> that was great. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I was I was completely joking. I was not even kind of serious. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. That's awesome. Uh, next in the lineup they showed off was Assassin's Creed 3 Remaster that is happening. Uh, that game does not look good, by the way. Like, the, the footage they showed off in that direct. Uh, kind of choppy in some aspects. So well, It's also on the Switch. Yeah, that's very true. But it's happening. For those who haven't played uh, Assassin's Creed 3, there you go. Uh, then they showed off a pretty extensive uh, look at Fire Emblem 3 Houses. Which is a new Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem game, and on top of that, they kind of showcase the the gameplay. Um, it reminded me of the game we played on stream, Greg. Greg the um, the uh, RTS slash shooter game. Um, I mean, like the second, and third game we played on What's on Tap. You've have you ever played? You've played past Fire Emblem games, right? I have not really. No. Okay. So you like Wargroove, right? Or you're excited about Wargroove? I know. It's the same people who made uh Advanced Wars made that. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not really digging it, honestly. I, I, I rather dig Advanced Wars in, in, in the more combat and military aspect. Not through the fantasy, which is weird of me to say, but like yeah. Something about that does not not gels with me. But they show it also. Good... I'm just, it's, it's a tactics-based game, is my point. Right, right, definitely. Um, they showed up some gameplay and they showed up some like really in-depth stuff. Which, if you're a fan of Fire Emblem, then you're going to love this game. Off the top of other games that came out in the past. <laughs> um, the next thing they showed up was Hellblade uh, is coming to the Switch, which as a fantastic game. I'm happy that it's going on Switch. If you're not played it, definitely play it. Ninja Theory's uh, action game is really good. It's a really, really fun game. Also has a very deep meaning, too, uh, for somebody who has mental illness. Yeah. Uh, Delta Rune was also showing off afterwards, which was the uh, the first episode or first chapter of the Undertale follow-up from um, Toby Fox. And it's free. You can download it now yeah. for free, and you can play it. Um, and it's... Well, no, 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 no. It's not, it's not, it's, it's free. The first chapter. The first chapter. It's not available, it's not available till the 30th. Oh, my, my mistake. You're right. You are right. I was wrong. Uh, Yoshi's Crafted World. Should have more footage off of that, which, you know, Yoshi's Crafted World is very cute. And can't play go... Play the demo. Play the demo. And if you played any of the past Yoshi Island games or just Yoshi games, especially Woolly World, which kind of sucked, um, this is a thousand times better. 
like I thoroughly enjoyed playing that demo. So nice. Um, and then they showed off Final Fantasy VII and Nine are coming to the Switch. For anybody who has not played those games, you can play them when they come out. Well, Nine's available right now. Yep, Nine is a really good game. You should play that for twenty-one dollars. Hmm. I still, <laughs> I, I still think it's worth it. Honestly, I don't. I, you know. Well, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, it's here's the thing: is a lot of people are like twenty dollars for Final Fantasy Nine. That game's old as hell, and I go, yeah. A game that they had to port to a different console, a current generation console, mm-hmm. like they cost money. Somebody had to, somebody had to fucking do it yep. and get paid for it. Yeah. Um, the next game, which is actually not on this list, I'm reading off a of GameSpot, um, was the uh, the new game from um, uh, Platinum Games, which looks fucking fantastic. Holy shit! Yeah, Ash- it's uh, Ash- Astro Chains. Thank you. It's so cool. I am is so excited. I'm so excited for that game because I was watching that trailer and I was like, "Wow, what is this?" Like it, it, it definitely had vibes of like uh, Bayonetta and Near. And then like right when they showed up the credits of like who's working on it, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is this is that type of game." I'm in. Let's go. I'm in. <laughs> this you know, year. You know what really? You know what really? Like I'm, I'm excited about that. It looks awesome. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I want to know more about that game. But you know, a dumb little game they showed during this that I'm like. I actually want to play that. Mm. Festival. Yeah, I was confused. I have never heard of Sum Sum until I saw that direct. So. Yeah, it's uh. I hadn't either, but like a lot of the mini games that they were showing, I was like, those look fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. Definitely. Um. They also showed up a bunch of other RPGs, Japanese uh, RPGs in one segment, um, which for, uh, I will say to those, I don't have the list on me actually here. I thought GameSpot did, but I was looking through the list and it isn't listed here actually. Oh, we wait. got Dragon Quest. We got Dragon Quest Eleven. Oh right, Dragon Quest Builders Two. No, here it is. My bad. I didn't scroll down enough. <laughs> uh, Dragon Quest uh, is coming to the Switch. Dragon Quest Eleven and Dragon Quest Builders Two, uh, which. I said, like I said on the stream, like if you're a fan of of uh, of um of uh, Dragon Quest, then that's gonna be your game. Like it was, uh, on top of that, like Dragon Quest Builders too, like really they're going really in depth with it as well. It's like, oh wow, this is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, oh, sorry, sorry, anything else? Okay. Um, yeah, Gamespot, you have failed me. You didn't list all the games that were mentioned. I will say the, the the one game I I will say this before we end the segment is I think that everybody was like, depending on who, on who you are, but for the most part, like people I follow, we're really excited for Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening, the remake um, that they're doing. That and, was a like that Tetris ninety nine and that were the two biggest fucking surprises in my life. Same here. Like the way that game looks is very cute, but just the fact that they're remaking it in general, it's just like. Pretty awesome. One of the guys in the, one of the guys that streams for Half Empty, uh, Chris Krieger, he hates the way that game looks. Wow. Uh, he says he he says he hates it because um, he says it looks ugly. Uh, to me, it looks like um, like a toy box. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a certain artistic style where you you take a picture from like a helicopter, but like the surrounding edges of the frame are kind of blurred. So that way it looks like a, a toy set or a play set. That, this game has that exact style to it. Um, and uh, sometimes Chris Krieger's opinions are wrong. <laughs> I will say, that's funny. yeah, I will say I, the, the, the big things for me out of this strike was um, it was a new, uh, new game from um, Platinum Games and then Mario Maker for me. Those were the two big games that out of this direct that's like, floored me or just like just surprised hell to me that in 99 tetris that one too the fact that there's a well, that one surprised me just because i made a joke and it became reality <laughs> that's it's... why that one got i was just like i i i was kidding <laughs> nintendo i was kidding right but, uh... yeah man i mean it was a very very good direct like very good direct i know the animal crossing people didn't get what they wanted and whatever Wham, yeah sorry, yeah yeah, I'm. But, I'm. Uh, 
I just put the title <laughs> in there just because I'm pretty sure a lot of people were asking for that. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, the direct for me was okay. It didn't really wow me um, as previous ones, but there's still some games I'm pretty excited for. All right, we've come to our last segment of the show, and uh, this is why you're wrong. Well, hang on, let me set this up here. Okay, why you're wrong? Like great deeds. Am I good to go? Can I, can I start? Yes, you are good to go. All right. So it came to my attention recently that a lot of guys are still doing this um, where they think it's okay to tell women who use their breasts, use their attractiveness on Twitch to get views. Whether it's wearing a low top, low cut top while playing a game, whether it's painting with their back to the camera where, you know, they're wearing short shorts, tight skin, tight shorts, whether it's they're exercising and they're wearing yoga pants. Why does that bother you? Why is that a problem for you? Because you don't think that they deserve a platform to do what they want to do because you don't think that if they're not good at a game that somehow makes them less of an entertainer. Let me, let me, let me, let me fill you in on something here. You are fucking stupid. Can't say the R word. I've been slipping that out from time to time. Um, You are stupid. You are downright idiotic. A, if you are a straight male, all right, if you are a cisgendered male, why are you complaining? This should be not a problem for you at all. If you're not cisgendered or your sexuality isn't heterosexual, um, which I don't see a lot of people who are, here's the thing, gay guys, gay women, um, pansexual, uh, bisexual, these people aren't complaining about these streamers. It's, it's only straight men. It really is. It's really only straight men complaining about booby streamers. And I use quotations on that because that is the name, the, the name they have given them. When you ask one of these assholes, <laughs> thanks, Blair. Uh, he says in chat, straight, cis, white men suck. Well, you know, for the most part, I agree. Uh, I'm not one that sucks. At least I try not to, but... Um, Shut the fuck up, Valer, by the way. Uh, when you ask these guys, why, why is it a problem for them? Why does it bother them? It comes down to one major thing, and it's that they aren't as skilled at a game or they shouldn't be given a platform to just flaunt their tits. That them having boobs should not be what gets their views. Having a hot body should not be what is allowed on Twitch. I don't know how to break it to you guys, but sex sells, always has sell, and always will sell. Period. If you have a problem with that, you should just probably stop watching movies, TV shows, playing video games, reading comic books, listening to music going outside, breathing, because that's just the world you fucking live in. You can't go to fucking Pornhub, whack one off on a girl getting railed in the ass, and then turn around and tell Amarath that she's not allowed to have her ass on stream covered, of course. It doesn't work that way. That is called a double standard, you tremendous troglodyte. Please understand, nine times out of 10, no one's listening to you. And the people who are listening to you are fighting against you. Just because you go on Reddit and you find one page with 60 other dudes who are like, yeah, I mean, I'd jack off to her. I'd have sex with her, but she's not allowed to be on Twitch. It's just you 60 dudes, nobody else. 60 dudes is barely a fucking classroom nowadays. Sit down, 
put your dick back in your pants and shut the fuck up. These women are allowed to do what they want on Twitch, how they want on Twitch, as long as it follows TOS. And if having very, uh, uh, I want to say skin tight clothing, um, low cut tops, shorts or pants that uh, flaunt their ass, and other men who have no problem with this are paying money, <laughs> whether it's subscription or donating, it's their money, they can spend it how they want. If they're doing this, why do you care if it bothers you? Why are you there if it bothers you? You're not being told to spend money on them. You can go elsewhere. That's the wonderful thing about Twitch. It's, it's entertainment on demand. And I demand you go fucking watch something else. Please. Nobody gives a shit about your opinion on these women. Flat, flat out. It's you and the 60 dudes on Reddit. You want to go, ah, well, there's a bunch of guys on 4chan. Yeah, there's eight dudes that run 4chan and come up with dumb memes that the internet goes, oh, that was funny. Did you see Big Chungus? It's fucking stupid. And in 20 years from now, you'll look back and be like, I was an idiot. Oh, boy. But you aren't going to see that right now because you have this weird mindset of what belongs and doesn't belong on Twitch. You know what doesn't belong on Twitch? You. You and your ass hattery. You and your toxic ass fucking behavior. Nobody cares. So when you go out of your way to tell a female streamer that they're not allowed to tw- not allowed to stream because they're wearing a low-cut top, because they have a nice ass, because they're using their sexuality to maybe get a few more views, that's why you're wrong. There you go. Sorry. That is your segment of Why You're Wrong with Greg Dietz. And that's what it means. We've come to the conclusion of this podcast, and uh, it is that time of the, of the night for uh, the ending of this podcast and stream. So... Before we go, as always, Greg, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, you can go to Twitch or Instagram or you, or Facebook or YouTube or um, uh, Twitch. Feel free to disagree with me and tell me I'm wrong because I will happily tell you why you're wrong. Um, but honestly, if you just search Chub Rock Geek on any of those platforms, you will find me. I assure you. Uh you can also find me on a podcast I do with my buddy Josh called All Queued Up. We have two different shows on All Queued Up. We have our review show, which is bi-weekly. And, every, and, and in every off week, we have a new show called Uninhibited, where Josh and I basically just shoot the shit for, for an hour and a half. Uh, we just recorded one today. It was a lot of fun. We talked about the Nintendo Direct. We talked about our lives. We talked about other things. I got distracted by Twitch while, while trying to stream or while trying to record, which was stupid. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it was just, it's kind of like our little therapy show, us to get things off our chest. But we also like people, who, if, if they're enjoying it and they want us to talk about something, discuss something, maybe they have a question for us, we're more than happy to take those questions. So, um, but yeah, uh, you can check that out at allqpodcast.com. Uh, we're also on just about every platform you can think of. Um, just search All Cued Up or All Cued Up Podcast. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. You can follow me on Twitter at Defect of Naruto. You can follow the work that we do at MissionStarPodcast.com. Um, and the work that we do there, I just uploaded a video, as I said prior, uh, of my live reactions of the Nintendo Direct. It is right now live on our YouTube channel, um, as well as other stuff, including this very podcast, which will be live in the coming week. Uh, of the, the segments chopped up so for your own viewing pleasures so to watch a particular one and it's a, it is a car going off in the background so <laughs> it's not you if you're listening you're... LA baby <laughs> oh, yeah. that's why I love living here um, 
But, um, I was going to say, uh, yeah, no, let's, uh, we'll, we'll, our podcast will be up. I'm going to try to get it on Friday. I feel like at this point, I just say Monday. or just, It'll be up before the week, <laughs> uh, before next week. Um, but, uh, outside from that, um, yeah, I got nothing else to really say. So, with that being said, let me get this ready. All right. And that's it for the podcast, and we'll see you guys next time.